0: And the word of the Lord came to me. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done? Says the Lord. Just like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Would you please bow your heads and pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Metaphors can be really messy things. Don't get me wrong, metaphors make the world go round. We use them all the time. And most of the time we use metaphors, we use them without even realizing that we're using them. We say things like, it's raining cats and dogs. He has a heart of gold. And we say these things to imply something about the nature of something with words or descriptions that aren't real or even possible. We know that if a big cloud rolls in, that domesticated animals are not going to fall on top of us. We know that if we looked inside even a good person's chest, we're not going to find gold. We're going to find bone, blood, and muscle, and sinew. But we use these things. We use metaphors. We're very comfortable with them. But every metaphor has a limit. And every metaphor can be messy. Jeremiah speaks of a vision. This moment given to him by the Lord about the potter and the clay. It's a very beloved metaphor. It's been used for millennia to talk about who God is and what God does. Like a potter with clay, God knows God's creation intimately, gently, purposefully. God desires the best result from the work that God puts in. God shapes and molds exactly the way God wants things to be. It's good. It's a fine metaphor. Like all metaphors, it expresses something with words that help bring about a different or perhaps even better understanding than before. But this metaphor, the potter and the clay, this one, this one's really messy. In more ways than one. Here's the good part. God is the potter. It harkens back to some of the earliest verses in the Bible, in Genesis, where it says, God molds Adam out of the dirt, out of the clay, breathes the spirit, breathes life into Adam. We as the creation of God, we are formed, we are shaped in the image of God. We can be free. We can live full lives here on the earth. And like clay, God's fingers can smooth out any and all of our imperfections. Such that by the end of our formation, we are exactly as God intended us to be. Even better, God never gives up on his creation. God never gives up on his art. No matter how much we resist the shaping, God can always leave us out to dry if we're too wet. God can always add a little more water if we're too dry. God can even smash the clay into a ball and start over again if God wants. Because our God, the divine potter, makes beauty out of our brokenness it's all pretty good right well here's the bad god as the potter implies a total control over all creation such that if something is wrong with the world we're left with a question why didn't god fix it if we are the creation of god if we're formed and shaped according to god's purposes why do we do all kinds of bad things why do we do horrible stuff on the regular And even if we're met with moments of malleability, most of us, we continue to do things we know we shouldn't do, and we avoid doing things we know that we should. Which means that either God is not a very good potter, or God allows us to be bad. Jeremiah in the text makes it abundantly clear that God looks specifically at our wrongness and threatens to bring evil upon us unless we amend our ways. God, therefore, stops seeming like a nice potter, and instead seems like this, this divine torturer waiting to bring down punishments on us unless we behave ourselves. Metaphors are messy. and Every one of them has a limit, but this one communicated to Jeremiah by God is what Jeremiah communicates to us. When we read these words, when we imagine God sitting down at his potter's wheel, fashioning us in our own unique way it's hard not to feel like we need to shape up because the potter has seen our messed up characteristics all of our bad choices all of our wrong decisions all of the words we're not supposed to say and the potter is going to do whatever the potter wants to get something out of our nothing which though it sounds hopeful is kind of terrifying it's terrifying because the potter can destroy the clay whenever the potter wants So here now, the good news, friends, you all need to start behaving yourselves. You need to get your lives together. You need to start loving your neighbors. You need to start loving God, because if you don't, God is going to smash you into pieces. That's why you all came to church today, right? That's exactly what you wanted to hear. It's terrifying. If we don't fix what's broken in us, then God's going to break us. You know, today, if we think about potters at all, we usually imagine them in our minds as these pensive, kind, soft, gentle people. My sister, as I said before, she's a ceramicist. She made all these things up here on the altar. She's nice. She's loving. But when she sits down at her pottery wheel, she is not. She is a terrible human being. She has to fight with the wheel. I mean, if you've ever tried pottery before, it is not an easy thing to do. You have to throw your whole body. She says words she's not supposed to say in church when she's on her wheel. It's hard. You get dirt and clay everywhere. She had to construct this makeshift wall in her house just so clay wouldn't splatter on everything else in her house. Working with clay, it's messy. You've got to get your whole fingers, your whole arms, your whole body into it, or else it's not going to work. Because one false move can bring the whole thing down. If it's too dry, it won't move in your fingers. If it's too wet, the clay won't hold its shape. If the wheel spins too fast, the structure will fall in on itself. And if the wheel spins too slow, it won't remain symmetrical. It is really hard to do. And Jeremiah speaks to us through the sands of time, speaks to the people of God, says, There's something wrong with our clay. We need to fix ourselves. Not just ourselves, but also our whole community. God desires the reshaping of the whole community. Such that we can serve God's purposes economically and financially and morally and spiritually. And God is going to get what God wants. God means to shape us in ways that we can barely even imagine and definitely in ways that go beyond what we typically think about in church. I mean, do you think God cares that we just celebrated 60 years as a church? I mean, hopefully. But you know what God really cares about? Whether or not we've been good to the community we were in for the last 60 years. That's what God really cares about. And God is working on our lives all the time. God dries us out when we're soggy with our own self-centeredness. God drops water of compassion on us whenever we feel alone or hurt or afraid. God even uses people like us to be the drying or the watering agents for other people in our lives. And God has to do this work. God must do this work because there is something wrong with us. There is something wrong with our clay. And we can call it all sorts of things. We can call it sin, called selfishness, evil, whatever we want. In this text, Jeremiah draws attention to the fact that what's wrong with our clay is that we can resist the hand of the potter. We can go with what God wants or we can go against it. But if you've noticed, I've already started to shift around the metaphor a little bit. And that's why this text is so messy. You see, Jeremiah, Jeremiah makes it abundantly clear through the threats of destruction that we've got to change the condition of our condition. Jeremiah speaks about the choices we make, about how they affect more than the present, but what we do now affects the future and coming generations. And we've got to be very careful about what we do right now. But it leaves us with this question. I mean... Who is ultimately responsible for the condition of the clay? Does the clay have to fix the clay? Or is that the potter's job? Because this is where the metaphor gets the messiest. If the responsibility is solely on the clay, well then, friends, we're doomed. If we have to fix ourselves, it ain't going to happen. We can make little changes in our lives, of course, We can try to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, whole mind, our whole strength. We try to love our neighbors as ourselves. We can put a little more money in the offering plate than we did last week. We can reach out to our literal neighbors, invite them over for dinner. We can volunteer at the local homeless shelter. We can take a bag home and fill it up with cereal boxes. We can do all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, we're still the same clay. We will always be sinners in need of God's grace because that's who we are. God, in ways that are confounding, chose to make us free. Free to act with God or free to go against God. It is beautiful, but it's also messy. But it's what makes life interesting and exciting. We are not puppets being pulled along by the string of a divine puppeteer, which, by the way, is also a really bad metaphor. We're dirt. We're clay. We're clay that life and spirit had been breathed into. Should we try to be better? Of course we should. The world would do really well to have some more decent people acting in it, particularly today. But at the end of every day, we can't change our clay. Only God can do that. And that's where the metaphor of the messy potter and the messy clay comes to its fullest. Because God is determined to shape us, to mold us, And to make us through things like worship, prayer, singing of hymns, sacrifice, all that sort of stuff. But it's not something we can or should do on our own. God is God because God is the one who makes something of our nothing. God can raise new and beautiful things even out of our ruinous, self-indulgent and indifferent behavior. It's not up to us on our own, but it's God who works in us and through us to reshape us. God is always speaking, speaking through the words of scripture or a song or even a stranger, so that we might hear about a vision of the world that we haven't yet imagined. God uses people and places and things to dry us out or wet us down until we can start to spin smoothly on his wheel. Working with clay is really really messy. If you're not careful, and frankly, even if you are, clay can get everywhere and into everything. It is really messy. But so is grace. And grace is the unmerited gift of God. It is given regardless of all of our earning or our deserving, which means that grace, as I said before, is there for the best of us, but it's also there for the worst of us. And that's ridiculous. I mean that's as complicated as it gets because in just about every other part of our lives it's all about what we've done or what we've earned we judge people we judge people on what school they went to or what kind of job they have or where where they went on vacation or the clothes they wear or the car they drive but in the reality of God's kingdom those things mean beans they don't matter at all grace is given to Regardless of circumstances, grace is not expensive. It's not even cheap. It's free. At the end of the day, a potter will step away from the wheel covered in the art that was used in creation. Even in the world of messy metaphors, there is something beautiful and strange in the knowledge that our divine potter chose to become clay for us in Jesus Christ. God was willing to take on exactly what makes us what we are so that the artist and the art would become inextricably tied up with each other forever. And it doesn't get messier than that. But it's also grace. So I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God now and forever. When uh, my son Elijah was eight or nine months old, uh, we brought him up to Alexandria. We were living in Santa at the time, and we wanted to have him baptized in my home church, So when I was speaking about before. This is the church I was baptized in. It was the church that I did my first wedding in. It was the church I got married in. It was the church my parents got married in. There's just all these things tied with the church. So we brought Elijah up to Alexandria, and we wanted to get him baptized. We were there the day before, and at the time, my sister was living with our parents, and her wheel was at the house. And, you know, if we see this wheel, like, this stuff isn't that hard to make. Are you kidding me? You know how easy this would be to make? Come on. So, so wait, I just said, hey, Barpage, can we try? Can we try to use the wheel? And my wife, Lindsay, got to go first. So she went over to sit at the wheel and uh, try to form her first co- coffee. Now, here she was working on the wheel, I was stuck with Elijah. Now, I don't want to get too graphic about this, but uh, he was nine months old, and he had had like six ear infections at that point, and was on a ridiculous amount of antibiotics. And if you know what antibiotics does to the digestive tract of a child, you can understand what I was doing (laughs) back then. So I was in the other room at the changing table, and I was a little overwhelmed. It was a little more to work with than I was comfortable with. So I asked for some help.
1: I said, can anybody
0: come help me? My wife and my little sister came running around the hallway. Sure, Taylor, we need help. And they came in and they've got clay from their fingertips to their elbows. And they're looking at me like, what can we do to help? And I said, you can't do anything right now. Get me someone else. And I was just so taken and shocked by how dirty they were. I mean, they were trying to make a coffee mug this day. And they had dirt and clay all over them, stuck under their fingernails for days, weeks. I love that. Because that's exactly how dirty God gets for us. I mean, our God is not in some universe far away, not some watchmaker who makes us and then winds us up and says, okay, you're free to go do whatever you want. God is always getting dirty, getting into the muck of our lives, getting stuff stuck under his fingernails for us. That's God. Not some white dude with a white beard under the clouds. At least I hope not. <laughs> God is this potter. It's a metaphor, you know? It's messy, it's complicated, it's not perfect, but that's how intimate God is with us. Using ways we can see and ways that we can't to try to mold us and shape us and determine and help in a way that is fundamentally dirty. And God says, I want to be connected with the thing I've created. I will never, ever, ever give up.